0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day, and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast, by Priests for Life. Well, hello friends, and welcome to our time of prayer and scripture. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone. National Director of Priests for Life, one of the largest pro-life groups in the world. We welcome you. We ask you to invite others to come on to our broadcast, and our audience continues to grow because we are giving clear and urgent teaching on the word that applies to our times, especially to the most urgent moral issue of our times, and that is abortion. Let's put ourselves in the presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we are citizens of your heavenly kingdom, and we are also citizens on earth. We ask you to give us a love for our country. We ask you to give us the wisdom to participate in the civic life of our country. We ask you to give us the wisdom to preserve and fight for the right to life and for religious liberty in particular and for our policies that advance and protect the rights, the good of your people, of the family, of the church, of freedom. Bless us as we pursue these tasks in the light of your word, which now we ask your grace to understand and your spirit to live faithfully. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading today is from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, first of all, I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone, for kings and for all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all devotion and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. This was the testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth, I am not lying. Teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. It is my wish then that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lifting up holy hands and praying for those in authority. Let's reflect on those. Brothers and sisters, when we pray, we're asking God to come to us, to have mercy on us, to intervene in our lives, To protect us. Would we dare to do that? Lifting our hands to Him and saying, Come, O Lord, if our hands are striking against Him? If those same hands are saying, Instead of this, come, this, go away. But we say, Go away when we sin. And that's why and it's not that we can all of a sudden turn sinless and turn perfect. We know that it's a daily struggle, we know that we keep falling, getting up again. But that's what he means by lifting up holy hands. That the God that we are reaching out to in prayer is the God that we are reaching out to by our actions. We see the opposite in Isaiah chapter one this This particular line about lifting up holy hands should always bring to our minds Isaiah chapter 1, where God actually tells his people he will not listen to their prayers. Why? Well, he says so. Let me, um, when you spread out your hands, he says, Isaiah 115, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. And then in the very next line, he gives the reason. Your hands, your hands are full of blood. When we allow the killing of the innocent, even if someone else does the killing, we have blood on our hands. We might not have been able to stop it, but unless we opposed it, we share in the guilt. We have blood on our hands. If we have innocent blood on our hands, he will not hear our prayers. Come, O Lord. Go away, O Lord. That's the first lesson here. Second, when we pray, we're praying for all those in authority. Now, we pray for everybody. But for all those in positions of authority, in the church, in the state, Because as Paul says to the Romans in chapter 13, all authority has been established by God. That doesn't mean those who hold those positions of authority are pleasing God. By no means. They may be deeply offending him, as we see throughout Scripture, and as we see in our current political life in America with the Democrats. But we pray for all in authority. Now, why and what do we pray for? We pray, first of all, for law and order, the protection of life. Notice he says, a quiet and tranquil life in all dignity. The dignity of human life. I mean, government is there not to control our lives. It's not there to tell us what kind of car to buy, what kind of, whether or not to buy a gas stove. Government is there to preserve the opportunity to live life in a quiet and tranquil way and with dignity. Just the opposite, in other words, of what you see in Democrat-run cities. You've been seeing the videos on social media with the, the looting of the stores without consequence, unless brave citizens step up and, and put an end to it. But I'm talking about in terms of government authority, no consequence. That's what you get in Democrat-run cities. Keep electing those Democrat mayors. Keep electing those Democrat governors, and you're going to have exactly the opposite of what this scripture tells us to pray for. A quiet and tranquil life lived in all dignity. And also lived in devotion. Religious freedom. Nobody did nobody did more for religious freedom in America than President Trump and his administration. In America and throughout the world. Read the details. Prolifepresident.com ProLifepresident.com we we we, we review the accomplishments he told our, our our officials in government that work with other countries, be alert to, in fact, he instituted training for our government officials how to be alert to violations of religious freedom by other countries. And he convened a religious freedom meeting at the United Nations and many other things he did to preserve religious freedom and the freedom of the clergy to speak out. I say to those in the church that want to criticize conservative American Catholics, listen, we're your best friends. Because without the things that the conservative American political movement is saying, the MAGA movement, without the things that this movement is saying and doing, there won't be a Catholic church in America. There won't be a Christian church able to Live and preach freely in this country. The left wants to destroy all that, and it's time for people to wake up about that. Some people say, well, separation of church and state. Do you remember in grade school learning about the fundamental orders of Connecticut? That phrase might ring a bell, and so, of course, some of you will be very familiar with this. Because it essentially is the first written constitution in the Western world. It came about in Connecticut, obviously, in 1639. And a constitution so that we could govern ourselves without a king it doesn't make reference to a crown, it does make reference to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it says, which we preach and which we want to preserve. The pastors gave birth to the state. The church gave birth to the state. If people talk about the separation of the one and the other, you wouldn't have the state as we know it without the church. And again, going back to the scripture, prayers for kings, for all in authority to live life in tranquility and in devotion. The church gave rise to the state. It wasn't a question of separation was a question of realizing that there is such a thing as individual rights. This was a, this was a revolutionary concept in government because you had throughout the world, kings and, and you know, rulers. A king is in control. No, no, no. The people have rights, individual rights that the king does not have authority over, cannot take away, doesn't bestow in the first place, They're bestowed by God. So the worship of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the freedom of the church and the living of life in devotion is precisely that what gives rise to a state where the God-given rights of each individual are recognized and therefore the power of the state is restrained, but is commissioned by the consent of the governed to put those boundaries in order so that we can have law, order, peace, tranquility, and devotion. Let's renew our commitment to pray exactly in that way. And if we're going to pray for all in authority, let's make sure that we're urging our fellow citizens to participate in the process by which we elect that authority. In fact, in America... As our Constitution came about after initial efforts like the Fundamental Orders of Connecticut and other efforts, the authority was vested in the people, right? We govern ourselves. We don't have a king. And therefore, when Scripture says, pray for all in authority, it's also saying, pray for your fellow voters, Pray for all the citizens that will have the wisdom to make the right decisions at the voting booth. And that's why I want to bring your attention today to the election prayer. Many of you say it. I want to urge you to say it every day. Electionprayer.com. In English and Spanish, you can get a prayer card from us. It's a prayer I wrote years and years ago, and I want to pray it with you now. Electionprayer.com. It fulfills the exhortation we have in today's reading. Let's pray. O God, we acknowledge you today as Lord not only of individuals, but of nations and governments. We thank you for the privilege of being able to organize ourselves politically and of knowing that political loyalty does not have to mean disloyalty to you. We thank you for your law, which our founding fathers acknowledged and recognized as higher than any human law. We thank you for the opportunity that this election year puts before us to exercise our solemn duty not only to vote, but to influence countless others to vote and to vote correctly. Lord, we pray that your people may be awakened. Let them realize that while politics is not their salvation, their response to you requires that they be politically active. Awaken your people to know that they are not called to be a sect fleeing the world, but rather a community of faith renewing the world. Awaken them that the same hands lifted up to you in prayer are the hands that pull the lever in the voting booth, that the same eyes that read your word are the eyes that read the names on the ballot, and that they do not cease to be Christians when they enter the voting booth. Awaken your people to a commitment to justice, to the sanctity of marriage and the family, to the dignity of each individual human life, and to the truth that human rights begin when human lives begin and not one moment later. Lord, we rejoice today that we are citizens of your kingdom. May that make us all the more committed to being faithful citizens on earth. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Electionprayer.com, friends. Let's fulfill Paul's mandate here, God's mandate to pray for those in authority, let's pray for our fellow citizens, let's pray for those who get elected, and let's pray that we elect the right ones. Let's now pray as Jesus taught us, gathering up all our prayer intentions, those that have been expressed, those that remain in our hearts. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Thanks, friends. Spread the word about our daily scripture reflections. I'm sure there's many people that you know that would really benefit from this, but they don't know about it. Some people only you can reach. We rely on you to do that. Thank you so much in advance. And thank you for your support of our work. ProLifeGift.org is where you can go to give us a donation. ProLifeGift.org. We certainly rely on you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.